Sutra 21 The poisons and obstacles within life can be destroyed by resolving them back into their primal cause, the ego. In the active state, they can be destroyed by meditation. Sometimes you just can't help but wonder, and so I went aboard the train to relax when a black and white cat came near. I blinked, then she changed. Now a strand of ivy appeared. At this point in the journey, I'd come to discover a few systematic flaws. The suffering of existence seemed to be increasing, and so did my questions if I ever met the great God. My soul was weary, and what was with this human land? It's a free-for-all down here on earth. Please God, how can we relieve the suffering of man? But first I needed a bit of rest, and there I laid down. I'd been limping, and so I propped my leg up on some frozen cat food to elevate my ankle up off from the ground. How much more could we take? Oh, how can the world go on? Please, Lord of the universe, may you teach us how to right our wrongs. There is something formless and perfect before the universe was born. It is serene, empty, solitary, unchanging, infinite, and eternally present, said a voice near my ear. Now I had not seen anyone nearby. There was only a strand of ivy dangling right here. Yes, 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 that's it. That's what I believe it is too. Now where is this voice speaking from, and who are you? It is the mother of the universe, for a lack of a better name. I call it the Tao. It flows through all things, inside and outside, and it returns to the origin of all things said the voice. Why, it was the ivy whispering, and so I found that talking leaf. Then I traced it back to the vine, but you wouldn't imagine what I had seen. There was a little black and white cat, and beside her was the yogini. She whispered into the plant, and the message was transmitted down a strand of ivy to see if I had been listening. What is this magic? The Tao is great. The universe is great, earth is great, and humanity is great. These are the four great powers. Man and women follow the earth, earth follows the universe, and the universe follows the Tao. The Tao follows only itself, said the Yogini. But how do you know if you can trust it? I see my life as an unfolding set of opportunities to awaken, but that's not me talking. I'm here and now. We must ask ourselves, does this serve who we are becoming? Get back to your mission. After all, you and I are riding upon a magical train called the Tao, said the Yogini. You think it's magic? Is that what it is? Well, what else could you call it when it's our magic that lives? Here and now, that's all there is. If that isn't beautiful, then what is, said the Yogini. She was present right here, and so I asked, Do you know where we're going? It's not about the destination. Ask yourself who are we becoming? Now that's the real question, she said. Yes, she was one of those seers of the soul, and she loved to practice asana. Teaching all the time, 
She would use physical postures and weave them with the Dharma. She reminded me of the inner power of the soul, and this seemed to be something that I forgot. Then she spoke, Awakening is letting go of what you are not. The ivy was everywhere, and it was routed up through the prayer flags overhead. Dear Lord, I'm in heaven. Oh, I am so thankful the old parts of me are dead. Now my soul came alive, and it was like a call coming online. The intuition reached out, and finally I had taken hold of the line. Windhorse's thread was in my hand, but it was invisible in sight. I'd have to reawake myself out of my own confusion to remember the preciousness of this perfect life. Soon cards were pulled, and fortunes were read. Oh, thank you, God, we are all so humble once the ego is dead. The black cats were close, and that's when I looked in forgiveness's eyes. They were yellow before, but now they were permanently green inside. He was living from his heart, and was this an aspect of me? Why, I didn't realize it before, but my body had fallen apart, so the real nature of me could come out and be freed. Windhorse's wisdom had spoken about the ego, that idea called the I, the one I think of me and lives within the mind. But I spy something beyond it, inside or beyond where the intellect can solve or find. I call it the imagination, a place where the sun rises, where creation manifests by design. How do you make sense of it? I asked the yogini. Everything you need is already inside of you. You are who and what you're looking for. Yoga is just the process of relearning and remembering you, she said. My mind would alert me about things, and it was based on patterns and reasons from before. But sometimes I'd get a nudge or a spark, and I think I finally understood what these were used for. Guidance from an angel, like a scattered idea that pops in from another reality. Was I living or dead? Because this woman had taken the form of a goddess before me. Oh, I was home and I was free, at one with it all. The soul is God because it allows us to have all the control. Our spirit alerts the mind and body. We are one together, a part of the all. And so I remembered, death is the leap into heaven, but birth is more like a fall. A fall from heaven, while death takes us home. Souls are planted like seeds, and all of us are called to grow. So how close are we to this source? And where did it all begin? Are we running from something when we're alive? And who controls how I actually think? If these thoughts are mine, then how come I can't stop them altogether? The mind is always wondering, looking for a solution or answer. The mind is like a spinning circle. It always seems to go on, like a wheel or a universe. But what lives beyond? Because they're an empty space. Pure potential roams free. Aha! The imagination. It appears like a vivid dream. And so we could use the imagination and dress it with colors and disguises. It was there the yogini and I realized we were connected to wisdom beyond human intelligence. It would align symbols and signs. It might even bring realities together. Things would be united in such auspicious ways, we'd be left wondering forever. 
At just the right moment, the Yogini asked the universe for a cardinal. Then a few moments later, it appeared right in front of her. Oh, Windhorse, what is this? The energy beyond aggression, the principle of Drala, which is love beyond fear, said Windhorse. Drala? It represents people, places, or experiences that cut through one's habitual chain of thoughts. It is a reminder from the universe to seek the truth while living in a world where most have forgot. This is an opening into wisdom that is beyond one's individual self. Give up recognition and reputation. Let go of material and discover the bliss within spiritual wealth, said Windhorse. Not a moment later, the cat named Mr. Kismet emerged. Was he listening to what I was thinking? Or what was it that this cat had heard? It blinked its eyes as if he too knew. But how did you hear me, Mr. Kismet? I am you, said the smoky colored cat. So it's Drala. I like to think of it as magic. The soul has nothing to worry about because this universe has it all. It's looking after us. It's got our back. Truly, I say to you that it is, has been, and always will go on. It's here and now. Think of it like seven magnificent stories, a place to do nothing and absolutely everything. Only here, a traveler's tale. Who knows what could happen? Anything goes on here because everything belongs. The universe sustains itself, but doesn't explain itself, but rather maintains itself in materials while it comes to form. There's wisdom and vibration that transcends this relative world because the secret behind our imagination existed before you or I were ever born. That means this idea transcends us. It's smarter than all of us together. It's birthless and deathless, and it stretches on forever. Everything we see is made up of it. And if we add everything together, there won't be anything to forget. When all is home, we call that OM, the meaning of the universe and totality. Omani Padme Home. You see, the universe is a jewel at the center of a lotus in the cavern of the heart. Omani Padme Home is but a thread of where the great mystery starts. Om stands for everything, meaning the worlds, the pure and impure, everything together, all the positives and all the fears. Mani is the jewel. In alchemy, it's called the philosopher's stone. Few find it when they're living, but everyone wants it when the soul goes past the body and bones. Pedme is the lotus, the wisdom that emerges out of impermanence, the bloom of the butterfly. This is a metamorphosis. Om is the heart, and it ties the lotus and the jewel together, an inner weaving of an eternal knot. It is the goodness of the soul, and that soul rides on forever. This goodness in spirit is righteousness. It is eternal and supreme. It is the transformation from that which is impure to that which is pure. It is a shift so surreal, many wonder if life is but a dream. Do not ask that one side may lose and the other may win. We are all walking each other home. No beginning, no end. Jesus, Mary, Krishna, Kali, Kabir, a righteous seer, or Bolan Yukti Ku. 
your imagination is tied to whatever God you are called to. So when you pray to God, where does that energy go? Why, you've created a channel, and the current of awareness always flows. This devotion is an opening. It is a connection back to the spiritual source. This is when the individual assumes the meditative posture to ride upon wind horse. You may ride upon a wind horse with action, but you may also ride upon her sitting still. It's up to you, and it depends on your spiritual will. This will is your personal connection, a pathway into God, through spirit and beyond. Any connection to spiritual source is a good thing, and this connection should never be deemed as wrong. Faith carries us there, and through meditation we examine the mind. There we discover the true nature of reality, which is the source of the jewel that many seek to find. There upon wind horse's back is the jewel of eternity, the ultimate measure of humanity's spirit. It is the reunion of spiritual energy, said Mr. Kismet. Well, that's one way to say it, but I prefer here and now. And if you want something even simpler, you can call it Om, God, or the Tao, said the Yogini. She was one of the most selfless people. Can't say I've met anyone like her. Well, what do you say? You want to team up? Partners? In my mind, I was thinking more like outlaws, but partners would do. I'd been like a wheel off balance for so long, and being near her made my balance come together, and this was something I alone could not do. Oh, I tried and I tried, but every night I died. Now I feel awake. Rise, said Windhorse. I could see the soul in everyone's eyes. There were eyes everywhere around the room. What's happening? Is everything falling apart? Time to bloom, said Mr. Kismet. Can you explain what is happening in my brain? Have I lost my marbles? Have I gone mad? I found a feeling as if my inner reality has come to sparkle. The glaciers or poisons pollute the mind the same way pollution poisons the earth. This poison can be transformed into the nectar that heals and strengthens. The poisons and obstacles within our life can be destroyed by resolving them back into their primal cause, the ego. They can be destroyed in meditation, said Mr. Kismet. Now Mr. Kismet was wise, and this was wisdom I'd never heard. And whenever I began to focus my awareness upon Mr. Kismet, a feeling in my third eye would surge. I know what we need. My mind's eye opened wide. Yes, proceed, said forgiveness. Of course, of course. But where could I begin? I'll likely need a month to explain. Begin in the heart. This is where compassion comes from, he said. Yes, I rest in the heart. But this wisdom comes from my lungs. We need more wind. I believe we need wind horse to run. How will you get more wind? asked the yogini. Well, I couldn't remember how. I think discipline for more wind, she said. Right! More water and wind will fuel up the body. Transform the impure into pure. Then the brass door will erupt open, said Mr. Kismet. Water and wind, and this comes from discipline. Wind comes from discipline. But water is simply for hydration. To get through this battle, you'll transform the body into a temple, and then you're going to ride upon Windhorse 
for one supreme occasion, a spiritual battle, the last of its kind, O money bid me home, a grand relinking with the divine, said Mr. Kismet. Well, what do you know? I just saw a white crane. It flew right overhead, and these strange occurrences were not arising to question if I'd gone insane. It was all connected, weaving threads of life into the heart, and now Mr. Kismet wrapped his tail against my leg when I knew this entire set of stories was not just a myth, but it was contributing to a playful work of art. The closer I came to the Yogini or Mr. Kismet, the more this spiritual knowledge seemed to emerge, but forgiveness was still distant, and I imagined because the war that was being waged was still violent and absurd. Two sides against one, an atrocity and reaction always on repeat. Oh, the spacious moment could hold them, and then neither would know defeat. There I crossed my legs, and I began to ease into meditation. There I found the battle of the world was fought within the mind. So to anyone listening, let us meditate and bring forth the union that unites all nations. Windhorse rose. Her front feet reached into the sky. The flaming jewel was upon her back. Oh, this was the soul that does not die. And had I died, or was I more alive because of it? I let go of the attachments that pulled me down, and I was closer to being freed because of it. Again Mr. Kismet came past. His tail touched me as a subtle sign. What is it, Mr. Kismet? If you can hear me, then you are the missing mind, said Mr. Kismet. Extraordinary! I never knew it could be so fun after death. Why, yes. We have an even better opportunity to assist and heal the divide. It's all great. From the point of view of the spirit, everything is fine because the essence of everything and everyone is truly divine," said Mr. Kismet. He blinked, and it might have been a wink. Then a white crane came back across, in the same fashion as before. I couldn't tell if it was the same one, or was this one more. All over this train were kind and rare souls, and so I called them beautiful hearts. And again, Mr. Kismet came past a third time with his tail, and this gathering of such a collective was a rejoining of all the bravest souls who came forth to do their part. This train had become a community, lost souls without flaws, and look who answered the call. Why, you're the one who is linking a connection home to God. What a blessing that is. It has nothing to do with me. Now when we sit in meditation, we can learn to tame the mind where we rediscover the spiritual soul is already free. It's within you and me, always has been and always will be. Discover this, and you too hold the power of the skeleton keys. Now the heart is covered by a giant brass door, so there must be a key to get us in. And if not, I heard it's time to break down the brass door for everyone. We're breaking out from within. So to you who have gathered, I know you are here because you have suffered greatly. Something pulled you here, and we've arrived for the occasion just perfectly. If it looks like the end, that's because you're here to bring forth the new, something beautiful, virtuous, honest, and true. And none of this would be possible if not for you. Now let us not forget about practice. 
We must practice how we come together. We've got one chance to get this right, and it'll change our fate together. But only if I could sum it up. The body is purified by water, the ego by tears, the intellect is purified by knowledge, and the soul is purified by love, said Mr. Kismet. That is true, but we'll need a little more wind. First, we'll need meditation, said Windhorse. Why meditation? Because hindering thoughts come in two stages. First, the potential form, before they come to the surface and get converted into action. And second, the manifesting ones, which are being put into action. It is easier to control manifested things first. Then from the more gross, we can get into the more subtle. Thoughts form from pure potential and are ingrained through thought patterns called samskaras. But these cannot be removed by meditation. When you meditate on these impressions, you bring them to the surface. You can see and understand them and gain control over whether or not they should manifest into action. You can trace them back to their subtle form and see directly that the ego is the basis of all these obstructing thoughts. Then, when you transcend the mind into higher samadhi, even the ego is lost. When you let go of the ego, all the impressions in it will be lost also. But until that occurs, the impressions will not go away, said Windhorse. Oh, what a day!